Our guest this week on Personally Speaking is Shula Hensley, an incredible actor, a Tony Award-winning actor, and a great human being. Stay with us. Welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti. And Tony Award-winning actor Schuler Hensley joins me now. Schuler is currently playing Marcellus Washburn opposite fellow Tony winners Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster in the Broadway revival of The Music Man. The Marietta, Georgia native began his professional career in London playing Judd Fry in the National Theater revival of Oklahoma. His Broadway debut followed in November 2000, playing Javert in Les Miserables. And in 2002, Oklahoma came to Broadway, with Shula winning the Tony and the Drama Desk and the Outer Critics Circle Awards for his work as Judd. Shula's other Broadway credits include Tarzan, Young Frankenstein, The Ferryman, and Waiting for Godot. The Music Man is the fifth project Shula has worked on with his close friend, Hugh Jackman. They both performed in the musical Oklahoma in London, as well as in the films Someone Like You, Van Hessling, and The Greatest Showman. Schuller is here with us today to talk about his life, his marriage, his family, being back on Broadway, and the values that matter the most to him. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the Tony Award-winning actor, Shula Hensley. Shula, thank you so much for coming on Personally Speaking. My first question is uh, one that just intrigues me. The name Shula, where does it yes. come from? How did you get it? Well, it's a family name. My grandfather was named Shula Antley, and it was his mother's maiden name. So we do some strange things in the South sometimes. And <laughs> a, uh, one of those things is to, to use last names for first names. So I, I'm my grandfather's namesake. Okay, you're definitely the only Shula I've ever met. It's delightful to yes. meet you. And <laughs> yes, it's, you good. it's good for an actor. <laughs> you, are, you are unique in all the world. Now, uh, for our listeners and watchers around the world, uh, they might not know that, uh, that your dad ultimately ended up in uh, state politics and your mom had training mm -hmm. as a ballerina. But I, I want to ask you, because I'm a big believer in the importance of family origin, Iris and Sam, in raising you, what did they do right? Um. I believe they just provided opportunities. So anything that interested me as a, as a child, they tried to encourage and um, to share what they do. And I, it's interesting. I have two children. They're, not, they're older now. But one of the most important things I think as a parent is to um, sort of expose your child to something that you love, that you're passionate about. My mom was in the arts. Uh, she was a ballet director. She she uh, created her own ballet company in Georgia. Um, my dad was an uh, All-American football player at Georgia Tech and then went on to, to being an engineer. But so uh, the love of sports and the love of arts were instilled in me through my parents. And I think that was it was never a pressured thing. It was just the opportunity uh, for me to be exposed to it. 
Truly, a lot of parents would say to me that uh, whether it was acting or dancing, they would, they would love their children to have that as an avocation, but as a primary vocation, not so much because of the indefiniteness of the career. Now, you've been blessed, you're a working actor, but did your parents have any reservations about you going full-time into the arts? I don't think so, uh, because my mom was, was in the arts, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like... Um, I, without without preaching to me this philosophy, it was um, it was understood by me as a child that um, you can either do something you love in mm-hmm. your life um, and make that your um, try to find a way to make a living out of that, or do something for a living, looking forward to the weekends when you can do something you love. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I think. I think I've never wanted that second option and it's not been easy, but I don't think nowadays, you know, as we know with anything, the difficulties arise and, and, and I, my, my daughter is sort of following this path as an actor now. Um, and it's tough, but you know, it's, it's also something she loves. And the, those moments where I see, um, that there's a connection and a true love for something. I think that's as important as, as, you know, fearing, well, what's the stability like in this career? Um, mm-hmm. And I have plenty of architect friends, engineer friends, people who have made a quote unquote, you know, successful career who aren't happy. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the other side of the coin. So I think it's just one of those things that you just have to, find your way with. Truly, I mentioned a moment ago that you are a pretty busy working actor through much of your career, but there's no actor I know who doesn't go through times of disappointment, rejection. When you are perfect for something but don't get it, how do you personally handle that? It's hard. I mean, I, I feel like this kind of career you is more uh, open to taking things personally in a, as a reflection of the person I am because you're, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you're putting yourself on tape or you're going in a room and you're presenting, this is who I am. This is what I can offer this role. And when, when you don't get it, I mean, there is that element of, of, well, they don't like me. Mm. I think over the years, you tend to realize that this, it's such an interesting phenomenon because it's, taught me you know that we talk about spirituality but it this kind of career has taught me a lot of the principles of spirituality in that some of the people that i know who have succeeded in this business to the nth degree are also the people who have failed the most times Uh, and you know like my friend hugh jackman who's in this show i he was a movie star, you know, one of the nicest human beings. I've known him before he was Wolverine, before he had anything. He's not changed. We've we've known each other 20, 24 years. Mm-hmm. But he's the he's he's got this mentality of, you know what, I'm going to give it a go. It's an Australian term. I'll give it a go, you know, but but it's sort of like that's the essence of him. And he'll give it a go. He'll fail. He'll give it a go. He'll fail. And eventually those Mm. things line up. Um, So it is, it's 
sort of sort of walking that fine line between knowing that if you're in a business like this or really any business, you're going to have all those moments where you don't get the job, you don't get the gig, you don't get this. But I think over the years, what's interesting is to try to learn something from that mm-hmm. um, because it helps you build character and it helps you for the times that you do get the gigs. Truly, I was wondering, you know, I get to celebrate weddings every weekend. Uh, the person you pick to walk the journey of life with is is awfully important. Um, your choice to build a life with Paula, um, mm-hmm. I, most of the couples that I marry, I ask them to write me an essay, like, why is this the one? You're so sure there's a billion other people out there. Why is, is this the one? Why was Paula the one for you? Um, I believe, well, I I believe the first time I had a conversation with her was uh, one of those moments that's eye opening. And, and just by observing, she was a, she was actually a bartender on the upper West side at a, um, at a restaurant. And I went into the restaurant with a birth uh, crowd for, to celebrate a birthday. Mm -hmm. And I got to her, she was serving food at the bar and I sort of went up to her side of the bar and just sort of noticed the friendliness and the, and the accessibility of her as a person to the crowd around, you know, it's chaotic, but there was something about her that um, was, there was a warmth and a, um, a uh, just a friendliness, a kindness, kind mm-hmm. eyes, kind. Um, and I think that was the initial thing. And, it's only grown over the years. We've been, this will be coming up our 26th anniversary. Um, and to this day, you know, she teaches yoga. She, she does a lot of, of what she does in life is truly tries to help people mm-hmm. um, find, find their way in a positive way. And she's really the most positive person that I know. And I think that's been the blessing in my life is to find somebody like that, because I don't know what it means to find, you know, your soulmate. Mm -hmm. But if there was a soulmate, I would think she defines it for me uh, because it's somebody who's supportive, kind and um, just kind to everyone. You, you mentioned earlier, Shuler, about uh, this spiritual journey, essentially, we're all on. But have you and Paula figured out, is there a right or wrong way to pass on values that last, spiritual values, to the children you love? Yes. Okay. I, I think, and, and I, I think it's through um, example and mm. through, through action not through well it says and such and such and you know this is this is what i believe but rather sort of show that what that is through your day-to-day actions and to allow (laughs) my kids to find that for themselves as well and know that um it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to question things. It's okay to have those moments in your life where you're not sure, because that just, I I think that sort of 
um, solidifies ultimately what your beliefs become. And going back to kindness, I honestly believe that if everything is based in being kind to each other, then mm-hmm. that's 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 the perfect foundation. Uh, I don't. I'm going to misquote, but I think Maya Angelou said something about. Um, there's never been a war started from someone being kind. And it's <laughs> true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, uh, uh, the, the motto of my own parish here on Long Island is just those two words, kindness matters. And uh, yes. you, you get that right. You've got it all right now. Uh, Absolutely. Shuler, I've had the privilege of, of seeing you twice on stage, uh, one for Oklahoma, but also for the whale. Um, and I mm-hmm. mentioned that because in both, in both parts, while you were brilliant, it was also you were playing some some dark stuff there. I guess I'm just wondering. I know you're an actor, and that's what you do. You act, but mm-hmm. when when you're in a, a major production where you you do go to those dark places, you finish the play at the end of the night. Can you bounce back to being happy, friendly, upbeat, Schuler, or or does the the depth of some of the darkness affect you afterwards? I think it's ultimately both you need a, a decompression moment i think but mm-hmm. but part of that decompression is actually doing the show and what's interesting what i usually play because of my size and my vocal type i usually have heavier roles darker mm-hmm. characters you know villains for lack of a better word yeah and what's interesting to me as a person as Schuler is that there's a uh, a sense of I'm trying to think of the precise the word where you can relate to something um, what is what is that word it's not it's not um, idle come to me but is it is it empathy yes thank you that's okay. exactly the word yeah. empathy mm-hmm. um, and to know that within all of us there is a hero and there is a villain. Mm. And there's, um, it's based on choices. It's based on experiences that have happened upon you and family. And what we're talking about, I mean, somebody who may be like me, but didn't have a strong sense of family and who had some bad breaks, the way they cope with things, I think, uh, would be different. And Mm -hmm. so Having said that, what I try to do as an actor is, even though in the show itself I may be cast as a villain in the the storyline, I don't think anybody, and I've tried to research this, any psychopath, any really dark character, I don't think they really ever think of themselves as, I'm the psychopath. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they think of themselves as being right. And everyone else is wrong, which then I can relate to that because I, I've been in those situations where I know I'm right. I know I'm right. I know you're wrong. You know, so, so th- we're, we're a lot closer as human beings than we would like to believe. And mm-hmm. I, I find that to be a, a great starting point. Um, and then you don't have to, try to play that side you try to figure out what how this character deals with the situations they're in based on where they've come from 
you know, I want to go back to something you said earlier, Shula, in your kind words about uh, Hugh Jackman. Uh, we all think when people are in public life that we know them. Of course, we can't know them. They have a private life. Is there something about him that we would be surprised by? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I've known him for so long that it wouldn't, but I, I would imagine his complete sense of humor and the fact that he always enjoys the, the present moment. Um, mm -hmm. We were asked recently, we did an interview recently together and um, were they, somebody, they were asking how, what's it like to be in scenes together? And it really is like we're kids again in the <laughs> best sense of the word in that we're completely in the moment. We don't know what's going to happen, but there's a trust there. And he's very, he's a, he's a kind of uh, actor who, who gives you a feeling of trust. And by doing that, then you, you feel like you can do anything. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's an element of Hugh. I mean, he's talented in so many ways that people know, but there is that ultimate element of being, he's one of the kindest people I know. Wow. He wants to work. He doesn't, you're, it's so funny. You, you, you sort of have me thinking of, so many things at once, but there's a, there was a quote of, of, um, how, of how to find happiness in life that I read recently. I can't remember who it was, but it was three things. It was, um, if you can think in terms of these three things, you can pretty much do anything, especially as an actor. And that is, um, say to yourself, I am, beneath no one and superior to no one mm -hmm. that's the first thing um the second thing is i'm independent of the good and bad opinions of others so bad reviews and good reviews you got to know <laughs> that's separate from me right and then if you can do those two things the third thing is i am fearless Mm. Uh, because if I, if I treat everyone as equals, I, you know, I'm above what their opinion of me is, then you have nothing to fear. And that's, and I think that's really what, um, what I feel when I work with you is okay. that, that, that fearlessness. That's great. What a great thing to say about it. And I like, once again, you're emphasizing as you did with your wife, the importance of kindness. Let, let me ask something. I don't know enough about the background in terms of growing up in Georgia, but were you, were you formed in any particular religious or spiritual point of view by community or by parents? Well, I was raised in the uh, Southern Baptist Church, mm -hmm. um, but I, I think my my uh, I was raised on a farm too, so my I feel like my my sanctuary, so to speak, was nature, and yeah. was the theater because I spent so much time. Um, my first debut on the stage was as a probably five years old in Fritz in the Nutcracker. I don't know if you know the Nutcracker, but once again, it's it's the brother who breaks the Nutcracker, the villain. Right. I've always been a villain, <laughs> even from five years old. <laughs> Such a nice I guy. Like, I was like, this feels good. No, no. <laughs> <laughs>
So yeah, I, I I really think, and honestly, it was my it was my father's um, way he lived his life, um, mm-hmm. and my grandfather, and you know, so just to, I I sort of feel like that's that's really where you get your sense of right and wrong, and and um, what you strive to be as a as a person. Surely, you know, we live in a youth idolizing culture. Um, so mm. I'm just wondering, you, like the rest of us, is going through the process day by day of getting older. Are you intimidated at all by the process of aging? Uh, does it does it invite you or frighten you? Um, well, I feel it's funny. Somebody uh, at the theater described me yesterday. Oh, my birthday was two days ago. So I turned Happy 55. Birthday. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> But they said that I was the oldest eighth grader they've ever met. (laughs) That's a great compliment. I still feel like I'm a kid, you know, with Mm -hmm. but with the experiences we've had. So the body, uh, the body. Now you get out of bed and you pull a muscle sleeping, and you're like, "Whoa, how did that happen?" (laughs) (laughs) But I, I feel I honestly, and I, I. I work with teenage uh, teenagers in in Georgia for the Georgia High School Musical Theater Awards mm-hmm. every year. This will be our 14th year, um, and I'm an artistic director at City Springs Theater Company in Atlanta. So I feel like it's sort of a full circle thing where I'm also an actor, but I'm also knowing that I want to give back and sort of share what I've learned if I knew then what I know now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that keeps, keeps me feeling relevant, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And, and not necessarily relevant, but, but useful and helpful mm-hmm. to others. Um, so by doing that, I feel like it's just an evolution rather than I'm coming to the end of, you know, I'm getting too old to do something. I'm just, you know, trying to find what I can do with being the age I am, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Sure, I was happily surprised to see uh, a number of the charities that you've helped over time, including things like UNICEF and, uh, and Covenant House. But I, I just wonder, you know, not everyone is built that way. Some people are just selfish. Some people say, I want to try to be a little selfless. Uh, do, yeah. you, do you know where it came from in you that that concept of, as you just said a moment ago, the importance of giving back? Um, well, I, I I think my parents always stressed that my my grandfather, my mother's father, was a superintendent of schools for fifty years. The teacher mentality of of truly giving back, I think, and my mother was a ballet teacher. Um, so I think that that was the feeling of, um, the underlying feeling of that. But honestly, I have to say the people who say they want to try to, um, do be less self, uh, be selfless, mm-hmm. true giving on a very basic level makes you feel good. Yeah. Uh. So it's not, it, if you can turn it where it's not about being selfless, you can still be selfish 
in the way it makes you feel. And thus mm -hmm. it provides even more service to others. So in other words, when I work with these kids in Georgia right. and I see some teenager who goes on stage, a big, huge world-class theater stage for the first time and looks out and sees the lights and is speechless. I can remember what that felt like when I did it. And it makes me so excited and it makes me realize that's why I got started in this in the first place. Mm -hmm. So there is a true joy that you get by helping others. You know, there's something to that because if there wasn't, there it would be an impossibility. Yeah. Truly, you mentioned about the critics both accepting the negative and the positive. But w when I preach a, a mass on Sunday, um, 10 people out the back door can say they loved it. But the one guy who says, I thought that was awful, is going to stay with me. Have you mm. developed the ability or the skin to be able to say when you do hear the, the critical or the negative, I can deal with that. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm not going to let it bring me down. Yes. And yes and no. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think if I was really being honest, uh, like anyone else, I don't enjoy hearing criticism. Mm -hmm. um, but I think as you go through life and as you go through like a career that I've had, that just comes with the territory. I want to thank uh, Shula Hensley for being with us and personally speaking. Uh, he is a magnificent actor, a stunning actor in so many ways. I've been privileged to see him on stage. But what I love about this interview is he's a, a dedicated dad and husband and human being and friend who's loyal and true. Um, and he he's always open to learning and growing and Really, uh, surely you're an amazing man in so many ways. You're a spiritual guy. You're a positive guy. Um, you, you got you got a lot of good stuff going for you. You know that, my friend. You really do. I do. Well, yeah. thank you. That that I am going to believe. <laughs> no, it's and ultimately being able to laugh at life is is also incredibly important. <laughs> yeah, well, you do it. You do it well. I have to say now, all these other performances of yours I've seen, I was frightened of you. I'm not frightened of you anymore. <laughs> Thank you for helping me cope with my fear. You know? <laughs> That's right. That's Thank right. you, Shula, so much for being with us. As we end today's program, I want to thank you all for being with us. If you need to reach me for any reason, you can get me at personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. For not only this program, but past programs, go to YouTube and search under Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Santi. And please don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com. You can get past shows also by going to www.closeencountertv.com or I'm privileged to serve as host and executive LLMP.org. Personally Speaking is also on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Santi. We're also now on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. Please share and let others know about Personally Speaking. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.